People are coming from all over the world to a university in Asbury, Kentucky, that has been all the buzz concerning revival. However, is this a true revival sent from God? I'm so glad you asked. Join us today as we take this time to stop and think about it. Hello? Hello, anybody home? I think, McFly, think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It, a podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment and the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual, this podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. I'm Phil, the Bronx Expositor, here with our co-host, Glenroy, the West Indian wordsmith, and co-host, Nick, also known as the Puerto Rican Puritan. How are we doing, brothers? Chilling. Chilling. Better than than you deserve. Better than I deserve. Well, ain't that the truth? How did I get the name Puerto Rican Puritan? That's a good question. Because you don't celebrate holidays like me. So, Glenroy, talk to me about your your headset. You got that new like, what'd you call that, Nick? I think you got that platinum platinum headset going. There you well, go. After about fifty plus podcasts, you forgot that I've used this before, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> it had like a special like glow. You know, is that like a revival thing or? I, I it's just just my personality that shows through the um. Gotcha. <laughs> my personality that shows mm. I can mm-hmm. almost see, you know, like like the anointing going on in those headphones. My maternal <laughs> family is called Brown, so I'm just representing. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard about the Asbury revival. <clears throat> yes, from you. For me. Right <laughs> <laughs> like right off the bat, like what have you heard? What have you seen? I, you know, I learned very recently that it's in America. I thought it was British. It was in Britain because the person, <laughs> one of the people I saw in it had a British accent. But just my understanding of it is, is, is nonsensical. I, 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 I wish I could be more politically correct, but it makes no sense to me in any shape or form. Um, basically, it's this idea that everything that I've read in the Bible I've learned since I was a little lad is incorrect. And God is accepting of everyone, regardless of sin. And sin doesn't mean what it means. All right, Nick. What has been your experience with the Asbury revival? I don't have an experience. <laughs> All right. He doesn't believe in experiential. Experiential theology. Yeah. I don't do experiences. <laughs> All right. What have you read, heard, watched? Um. I've seen I've seen a few things about it, but um, very suspect to me. Um, especially some of the after I heard some of the you know some of the people behind it, and maybe even the possibility that it it might be kind of staged or set up to happen like such. 
Okay. So very skeptical. Um, never really been into, you know, that emotionalism thing. So <clears throat> can a revival really be in just one building and in, in the state and not like the entire country? I've never even heard of that. Is that who's the, who's a biblical scholar here? Like, can, can we, can you have a revival that's just in one building? Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to hit that in a little while. I, I, okay. I believe by looking at like revival in scripture. Um, but I think like kind of diving in, we have to ask a couple of questions. Uh, is this a revival? So first Thessalonians 519 through 21 says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to that, which is good. So we're not to quench the spirit and we're to test all things. So that would include if this is a, if this is something of the spirit, we're not to quench it. And to know that we have to test all things. Well, what's what's the test that we use? Yeah, Does it hold up to the word? Is it biblical? Does it hold up to the word? Is it does it make sense? Common sense? Well, common sense is not so common right now, uh, it seems, since we can't figure out um, what pronoun goes with the gender can't seem to make that match so i i i i have to make a confession my my pronoun is none of your business <laughs> that's what i that's what i would like to be addressed as um, well I, I was thinking about uh being referred to by adjectives saved sanctified and redeemed i so you say so you do believe in you believe in gender neutral then is that what you're saying <laughs> no no <laughs> I don't even know what all that is. <laughs> well, I mean, I think when we're in heaven, there'll be no marriage nor giving in marriage. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah. Uh, here on earth, uh, that's not the case. Right, right. <laughs> so the scripture says he made them male and female, mm-hmm. not he made them uh, male, female, and the list goes on and on because uh, Genesis would be more than 50 chapters long. Uh, at that point. So, I, I mean, it seems pretty simple. Um, it, it, imagine, imagine God saying, and, and what, and, and, and it says, and he called his wife. Well, what do you, what would you like to be addressed as? And she would ask the animals that. <laughs> and she was considered the, the um, cisgender of all gender. Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, no. you know, it doesn't, no. it doesn't, it doesn't even, you can't even, look, I, I've always had the biological question that no one's been able to answer me. How are we going to propagate the species if this thing makes any sense? If God had designed us to not, you know, to change genders and to not be, you know, procreate. I don't even understand how. He says be fruitful and multiply. How do we do that if we are? They don't want it. They don't want us to procreate. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> but I'm talking about God's will. Is- the, I'm the talking world, about God's the, will, not there. We're gonna run out of space on the world and this and that. Meanwhile, I think you could fit everybody in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> like they, there's there's a bunch of space. God, you know, anything that God says, they want to go against it. So when they well, started to be fruitful and multiply, they say, Oh no, we can't do that. Well, with what, the fruitful and multiply, the funny thing is, is that Adam actually named the animals and then he named her woman showing that he had authority over the animals and then he had authority over his wife. So the man named the woman 
and didn't ask the woman, what would you like to be called? Exactly. That's, that's my point. And, and I don't know. And he, did, and he didn't name her man because she was different. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but, but, like, but he should have checked to see how she felt inside. Yeah, for real. You know, you know, it's, uh, it's, well, I, I, I think he found that out when they had children. So he and figured how did they, out. Look, and, and according to modern, modern uh, head canon, the... The, the 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 problem with gender is that the the doctor decides with the gender. So I wonder whose fault it was when Adam and Eve was 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 naming them sons and daughters. Yeah, and the foolishness of the doctor naming actually the doctor isn't naming anything. The doctor is affirming the yeah. DNA that God gave to the male or female. Well, what uh, that, about that came out. But what about hermaphrodites? Because what about should, them? They have they have two organs. Like, 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 what are you saying? Like, that's what I learned when I was in college. They had two, the whole, the, the silver bullet was hermaphrodites. But I also said there are some people that are born with six, seven, six fingers. I mean, um, 11 fingers and 11 what's toes. The what's the percentage of those people in the world? Ex ex but it's, it's possible. It's very low. So it's possible. That's what they're saying. It's possible. It's possible. Yes. Is that, is that supposed to be like evolution? It's something. <laughs> my point is it's it's nonsensical it's it's a small percentage and it's an aberration and we wouldn't we wouldn't make and i think the argument is you wouldn't make a, a, a 10 11 finger glove because there's someone possibly in the world who has 11 fingers it doesn't right. make sense you have to make a 10 finger glove you can't make an 11 finger glove or a 12 finger glove because it's possible that someone somewhere might be born with two extra fingers on the fans Right. That's that doesn't make sense. It's not logical and it doesn't make sense like biologically. Sure, sure. So first John uh chapter four tells us, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have God out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And then he goes on to call them the antichrist. So you have to test the spirits to see if they're from God or not. Um, and not every spirit is from God. And in first Corinthians 12, very, very similarly, um, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know, that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God can ever say Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And so there's this consistency, whether Paul's writing it or John's writing it, um, that we have to test the spirit, uh, test all things, because when the spirit moves in the church, the results will not be unexplainable. They'll be able to be, if, if you test something, there has to be a measuring uh, mechanism by which you test something with. Well, well I, I, I want to, I, I want to, I disagree in the sense that I agree with that, but, but I want to also focus on the fact that it's, imp it's implying that there are many different spirits. Like there are false spirits. And I think I, I know in, in, in modern culture, they say the biggest trick 
uh, is that the devil is that making you that he doesn't believe that he doesn't exist i think one of the one another trick is to assume that anything that's spiritual or anything that looks miraculous or anything that seems um um spiritual automatically is 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 associated with god and i think this testing proves that that's that's actually not true that just because something looks spiritual or has some kind of spiritual connotation so when i was growing up the in jamaica and when i came up here the the idea that the rastafarians because they acted spiritually and they had like a a aura of 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 um you know, being 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 someone that was trying to, to to move towards God, I accepted them as some kind of authority figure. Just like how in American culture, the priests have this aura of, you know, they they wear robes and they took this vow of celibacy and they have this air about them. But when you match it up with scripture, it doesn't it doesn't equal anything. And so there is this tendency for someone who's not biblically minded, who's not reading the scripture, who's not um, trying to understand who God is. To be kind of led astray and i think pastor phil you're going through the book of, of jude and that's kind of the thing this idea that what looks good doesn't necessarily is good you have to always test it and and that's you know the truth of it sure and and, and so again when the spirit moves in the church excuse me uh things are not going to be explainable like like what's happening now um it's it's not going to be some kind of aberration it's not going to be some kind of uh strange thing that takes place per se apart from what the scripture shows us um and and there's basically two marks of error ignorance of the spirit's movement so if you don't know the spirit of god and you don't know how the spirit moves and how the spirit operates and who the spirit is then you could call anything the spirit, and 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 people do. Like, uh, like oh, like, that was the like, Holy Spirit. Like indigestion, or um, absolutely, it was pepperoni, <laughs> pepperoni spirit, or lust. They can call the lust for something the spirit moving them. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I heard one pastor, uh, actually, of a church that I was at uh, for for a while. Um, he said that the word for holy is the word kabod, which means heavy. So therefore, obviously, that's why people are falling backwards. Because I, the heaviness of the spirit of God I, I was thinking knocked people, them down. I was thinking people who are obese are by definition holy. I thought that's, what, that's where I was going with that. You know, you know what's funny is that no, n- nobody who, um, like came <clears throat> into the presence of God, right? None of them ever fell backwards. They, they all, they all fell on their face. And actually, the in the Bible, the person that fell backwards was the the, the priest whose sons, um, uh, uh, were were were, were um profaning the the altar and he fell backwards and broke his back and you know neck. he broke his neck broke his neck but he fell backwards correct that's, that's correct he did right yeah he fell Spinal. backwards broke his he broke he fell backwards <laughs> broke his neck and his children died the same day so if they want to fall backwards it's not a lot of biblical uh legs to stand on on there right well here here's the one that this particular pastor and many others have used 
Well, in the garden, people fell backwards when Jesus said, I am. And, and that would be true. And were those people aligned with Jesus or were they the enemies of Jesus? Right? So the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, sorry, the Sadducees came to arrest Jesus. Now, what did the, uh, the Sadducees not believe in? The resurrection. Right. Nor did they believe in miracles. The mm. resurrection being one of them. And what happened in the garden? You want the whole. Very, very simple. Peter, he took off the ear of Malchus. And oh, what I thought you were talking about the Garden of Eden. I didn't know you were talking about the Garden of Eden. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what and Garden you were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know who else. Who fell back in the Garden of Eden? <laughs> I thought you were talking about a snake when he put him on the ground. Oh. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So, all right. We're in the <laughs> Garden we're of Gethsemane. We're in Gethsemane, yeah, right? Yeah. So, we'll in Gethsemane. We're talking about the botanical garden of all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in Gethsemane. And Peter cuts off someone's ear, Malchus, and Jesus heals it. Miracle number one. Secondly, they come to arrest Jesus and they ask, are, you know, are, are you the Christ? And he says, I am. And they fall backwards. Miracle number two. So there was even a purpose to their falling. And so they fell back when Jesus said, I am, which is what was happening when Moses stood before the burning bush in Exodus 3:14. So two miracles they they acted like they, those miracles didn't even happen and they arrested him to bring him to the cross and let's just murder this guy. <laughs> we can't shut him up, we can't silence him. So let's get rid of him. Um so again, uh if you don't understand the movement of the spirit then these are the religious people. These are the Jewish leaders. And they see Jesus and they say, no, that's, that's not of God. He does two miracles right in front of him. Not, not of God. And, and, also, and also, just to add to that is, every, when, Jesus didn't have a problem with them questioning who he was. He actually wasn't upset. His, his, he had an answer. He is perfectly fine to answer the question of why do you say you do? Why are you doing this? And he answered those questions. So we're so they say this ignorance part or focusing on that verse implies that we're saying you saying that 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 any kind of question is bad. When I ask you to when I when I when I question something biblically, for example, let's Nick, if you came to me and said, "Man, I had a dream, and I feel like the Holy," you know, and you just come to me like I'm hoping that you can affirm that it's scriptural. It's me questioning you is not me questioning your salvation or anything like me questioning you is to find out, is it true? Well, just for the Asking record, the I didn't have that type of dream. I, 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 I... <laughs> <laughs> we could talk after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, but, but, but for example, if something happens or you come to me and ask me a question and I question you to try to see how it fits biblically, that's just what we've been asked to do. Why would you be upset for us to question it? To say, well, they questioned Jesus. Well, th there was nothing wrong with them questioning Jesus. They didn't accept the answer and the proof that was given to them. And so the ignorance of the spirit 
the argument that you shouldn't question anything because they question Jesus doesn't make sense because the questioning isn't wrong. It's what is the answer? And does it line up with scripture? Acts 17. Mm-hmm. Acts 17, 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Yeah. So they examine if what Paul and Silas were bringing could pass the sniff test of scripture. Exactly. Which is what we are called to do is here to test the spirits. We have to have the mechanism of the scriptures, um, the plumb line to see if the bricks line up straight. And if you, if you don't have the scriptures, if you don't have a standard, if you don't have God's word as the final arbiter on all things concerning life and practice, you can just go haywire. Well, God moves differently in my life than he does in your life. Not my truth. God speaks to me differently than he does to you. Your truth. Really? <laughs> it's, I mean, um, so. That makes that, that, makes that person special. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's what everybody wants. They want to be special. <laughs> and uh, sure. I think a Christian, as a Christian, you have to learn that you're not the hero of the story. That's like the first truth you have to accept. Well, Glenroy, Jesus you're not hero. special. I know Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> Glenroy, when, when David killed Goliath, you're not you're not David. My son is David. Are special. Your son is David. Those headphones David. are special, but you're not special. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called this is called this is called Christian bullying, guys. That's what this is called. <laughs> so two marks of error. One, yeah, yeah. one, it will um there, there's ignorance of the spirits moving, and and two, um, it'll lead you astray. And so you mean sometimes like, you mean people like falling are very and like yeah, falling fall, backwards and it, it, falling backwards, and then they, of course they got to put the blanket on you because sometimes the ladies, um, the way that they fall or whatever, you know, they want to cover them up to keep things modest. I guess. Mm-hmm. How about they just keep them on their feet or just let them sit in the chairs instead of you know <laughs> let them lay over the lay over the front and calling it an altar? That's saw, a whole other issue. I saw I saw a video with Benny Hinn. He was just waving his jacket, and oh like, yeah, rows of people were just falling down. I think I think I think that's called body odor. Yeah, I was obviously thinking the same thing. I think he just wasn't sure. <laughs> I showered in forty days and forty nights. <laughs> yeah, and you Are know you what called that? All cast the spirit, Ben. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Babe in two weeks. <laughs> Nick, do, do do you know what color his jacket was? Huh? You know what color his jacket was? Uh, I think beige or brown or something. It was white, and the reason is because. His mentor, Catherine Kuhlman, always wore a white dress, and she was into the all of that oh, too. For real? Oh, he had a yeah, absolutely. Mentor. I yeah. don't. I, I don't want to genderize anybody. That sounds like a woman. That was that was his mentor. <laughs> no, 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 all white is like a Santero thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so looking at you know, we have to test the spirits. Now, what about? we're looking specifically to this Asbury revival. So I had uh, one friend who went to. Um, observe it and you know seem to think that this could be something of god but you know only time will tell that that was kind of the the short of his testimony did he go did he go to asbury 
He did. Yes. Okay. He went to Asbury. Okay. Kentucky. Not, not a British one that I thought it was. Right? No, no, he wasn't in Britain. Okay. Um, so now <clears throat> apparently there's been eight um, alleged revivals reported since 1890. And one source said that at least six out of eight took place in the month of February. When, oh, when did this okay. revival begin? I don't. I, I never started. February started. February. Yeah, oh, it started. Oh, February. you mean the fake, the fake one? Okay. <laughs> so, um, it seems that stones, <laughs> my house is my it, glass I mean, house is broken. Is this university so fl- favored by God, or is this hype manipulation? Um, because this yes. was no, no, yes. no, no, yes, yes, no, yes, yes. yes. It's not favored. <laughs> So this is from the Wesleyan movement. Are we familiar with the, the, the Wesleyan movement? John Wesley. Good old John Wesley founded the Methodist church, um, which in times past and some presently preach on sin, judgment, holiness, and wrath, and the necessity of repentance. So old fashioned, old fashioned, old fashioned stuff, right? Yeah. Yes to you, stale bread. But uh, <laughs> Wesley used to ride on horseback preaching throughout the colonies he wrote in his journal on December 2nd, 1737. I went to America to convert Indians, but oh, who shall convert me? And then on May 24th, 1738, also from his journal, he attested to his conversion after hearing someone read Martin Luther's preface to Romans. So he was part of the Holy Club with his brother Charles, with George... Whitfield and like these guys were all in this holy club and prior to that when they were initially in it none of them were saved <laughs> right, right and then they got the book uh, I believe it was called um, The Life of God in the Soul of Man by Henry Scrugel and they began to see their need for to be born again and regenerated by God because they were, you know they might have been holy but it, you know it, it wasn't holiness according to God's word yeah, it was it's, all it's, it's your definition of heavy, right? The heavy definition you told us earlier. It was uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, they were heavy. They feel the heaviness. <laughs> and so, uh, the the true Wesleyans, if you will, they they did preach a message of repentance, but it doesn't seem that that per se is the message at this Asbury revival. Um, and there are. It's interesting because there are certain people that are endorsing this. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, Bam Bam Bentley? I, I know, but I like the name. Bam Bam. Bam, <laughs> yeah. Bam, Bam Bentley. I don't, know. I don't know who that is. Bam Bam. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of that 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 kid from uh, the Flintstones with the big club in his hand. Yeah, it's not in my uh, favorites. My <laughs> the boyfriend favorites. of Pebbles. Um, so Bam Bam Bentley. He had all these face piercings and everything like this. And oh. his idea of revival was he would kick the cancer out of people. He would oh. kick people like in the face and then say, God has, re- God has removed the cancer from you. Does it work? Did it, did it work? N- well, n- I know. I, I think they ended up with, with like a, a broken nose or something. <laughs> was that like a holy beat down? <laughs> Is that why they yeah. call him Bam Bam? That's why they called him <laughs> Bam Bam. Yeah. And Bad so John. I, I sat down. I don't, I don't know if I want to get kicked in the face. <laughs> Yo, Bam Bam Crazy. for president. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. That's hey, that's hey, one hey. name that 
uh, Trump wouldn't have to make up a name for somebody. He already comes with one, you know? And so um, I sat down with a pastor one time. How come Biden don't go to that church? <laughs> he, doesn't, he couldn't. He, he would get lost on the way. <laughs> so that's my president. Leave him alone. There you go. Well, I knew listen, you voted for him. He, yo, I, I, I did not. <laughs> Bam Bam wouldn't have to kick Joe I, Biden down. He'd be sleeping already. And, and, and that's by definition, I, I ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got, I sat down with a pastor who at one time, um, when I was in another denomination, and I, he became the presbyter, which means he led a group of churches. And I said, I'm very concerned because your leader because you're supposed to be our leader and you endorse preachers that the that the bible would consider to be heretical and i bring this guy up bam bam and you know all this stuff oh you're just not spiritual enough and i mean he just kind of laid the heavy try to lay the heavy on me and but like he would not interact with the scriptures when i was bringing the scriptures he does this he does this but the scripture says this scripture says that and um you know he just pretty much tried to ridicule me and i said you understand he's prophesying by dreams of his mistress so he was cheating on his wife he's prophesying by the dreams of his mistress yeah that really sounds like a great man of god but <laughs> did you did you did you ask that preacher if he got kicked in the head by bam bam and that's why <laughs> <laughs> Does Bam well, Bam has a martial arts background? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to get a picture up there. I don't know if Glenn Roy uh, later uh, on can, can yeah, find a nice picture add, of this. Yeah, but I because I when I whenever I put in Bam Bam, all I see is Flintstone. So I I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, his his real name is Todd, Todd Bentley. If if that helps. Um. Does he no, wear flip flops when he kicks people? Uh, I don't, I think he actually has like boots on boots. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you forgot um, to mention the tattoo sleeves, but let's leave it alone. I'm not going to all that. Waste my and time so not only, uh, Bam Bam Bentley, but oh, the yeah. NAR, the new apostolic reformation. So the, the whole Bethel movement. I can't let you even go. I can't let you go. What do you always say about that, Nick? If it, if it's new. What? Oh, it, I it thought you always said if it, if it's new, it ain't true. There you no, go. If it's new, it ain't true. Well, okay, I'm going to say that sounds it. like it's a fierce thing. <laughs> oh, it's hard to tell you guys apart sometimes. Come on, man. What? <laughs> it's not a joke. You're both, in the, you're both in the Bronx. You're both preach. What do you want me to do? I mean, it's hard. People get us confused sometimes. You're both Puerto Ricans. I don't know what you want me to tell. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I know they call us like they call us. Uh, what did what did uh, Manny call us one day? I forgot. How do we do yeah, that's what he did. <laughs> he called us the dynamic duo. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, if it ain't new, it ain't true. It ain't I mean, new. If, so no, if it's he, new, it ain't true. I'm sorry. He called us that, that in front of the abortion men. Oh. <laughs> so the, the the new apostolic reformation, I mean, they're just filled with like uh it's all about the like the sit and soak uh in the presence of God kind of a thing. And um it's just aimless music going on and on, you know, like seven eleven songs, seven words sung eleven times until you just go back and sing it again. Um, and it, this can go on for 20, 30 minutes. So um, longer than the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Two, three minutes. <laughs> and, and, but this is, uh, this is something because um, the people that are endorsing this 
would they endorse the G3 conference or the Shepherds Conference with MacArthur? Oh, wait, wait, wait. G3, Ligonier you mean, Conference? You mean, you mean Gay, Gay, Gay or um, Gospel? What, what do you mean by G3? Yep. Yeah. They Gospel might endorse it if it's Gay, Gay, Gay. God and trying glory. to play G3, man? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the gay, gay, gay G3, conference? Bro. What are you talking about? G3? No, 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 that, okay. that, not that conference. <laughs> so that's a real thing. <laughs> no, he's just he's making up new conferences. That's that's the NRA yes. version of GT. <laughs> that's yeah, the the NAR, the NRA is something a little different. <laughs> so it's all the same. They have letters. It's yeah, these like, oh. the these same people they they wouldn't endorse you know a, a conference that you have like Paul Washer and Vody Bakum. Um, Nick Vasquez and, and other you know men preaching it right yeah you only named men like what are you doing here like, <laughs> that's not that's not that's not that's not gender affirming that's not like you know matching the population of the country stop it, stop it. but check this not only um, are some just absolutely heretical people endorsing this but some of the music leaders that play music just forever uh and some of the music leaders are homosexual and queer. They, you know, they're they're Shocking. part of the alphabet group. Shocking. And so um, there was one particular person who brought up this whole testimony and was trying to affirm this is a, this is a move of God. All kinds of people are, are are getting involved in this, and you can't tell us any different, basically. But if you go to that person's Facebook page, which I, I saw from someone else that put on YouTube, that person was a guy and now affirms to be a girl. And I mean, this is a move of God. God made a no. mistake and he corrected it. It's just, exactly. During the and, revival and, that he didn't start. Uh, and, and the college is calling it, I, I believe the president is not calling it a revival, but an outpouring. Yep, of something in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, can you put a, you know, and if it's not of God, can you put a cap on that outpouring pretty soon? <laughs> you know, and guys, uh, Nick, put a cork Nick, in Nick, it. Nick is Nick is silently affirming everything I'm saying. So I want, he's with me. He's with me. So like like where's like where's the gospel? Because some people that. Were, are solid in Christ visited this revival and stated they didn't hear a gospel message he preached. Well, I didn't realize, look, I want, look, I'm going to get to the heart of this. I'm, I, look, we've been going around this thing. How can you revive sin? Sin's always been around. I don't, how is there a revival of sin? This doesn't make any sense. Well, they, yeah, they would say, me, how can you be a revival to... of sin when sin's always been around? It's not, it doesn't need to be revived. Right. Well, they they would say they're not trying to revive sin. They're trying to revive people to you know to love God again, and 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 I suppose that not <clears throat> not because of but in spite of this event that you know maybe there is a person who's getting saved or maybe there is somebody who is reading their Bible more and beginning to pray and and, and really seek God. I, I I suppose that there can be some. Uh, some people that that this is happening in uh, when you think of like one Martin Luther, he was engrossed in Roman Catholicism. And while he was in Roman Catholicism, I mean, God saved him in the midst of being involved in Roman Catholicism. Although he he'll, he would say himself, he actually wasn't born again until two years after 
he nailed the 95 theses on the Wittenberg door. His words, not mine. And so what is revival? Um, yeah, yeah, because I, 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 like you, I, like I said, I, you can't, I don't think you get a, this sounds sinful to me, so I'm not really sure how it could be a revival, but hope you, hopefully you'll help me out with this. I'm, I'm very confused about this whole podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I think that somebody can have somewhat of a, a personal renewal. Okay. Like, okay. like mm-hmm. David said in uh, Psalm 51, uh, verse 10, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. So I think something can happen personally in the heart um, of someone who's a believer and and falls into sin. I mean, it certainly happened with David. Certainly happened with Peter. And, and it happened with, with many others uh, in the scriptures where they sinned against God and then they came um, in repentance because God did a work in their hearts and in their lives. But I, I particularly like this aspect, um, and we'll jump to it just in a second, about then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return it to you. There is a, a, the, the returning to your first love, which Revelation 2.4 speaks about, uh, where Christ now is the center of your life. He's your, he's your greatest treasure. It's not whatever you got wrapped up in, maybe whatever sin you got wrapped up in, or maybe you got wrapped in something that's not necessarily sinful, but that has just pulled you away from, from Christ. Um, I mean, it could be sports. It could be music. It could be, I mean, all kinds of things. Um, it could be chasing after a ministry. So, I mean, all kinds of things uh, can take you, you know, away from uh, your treasuring of Christ where he's your first love. Uh, often Israel said amen to the commandments of God, and then they went right to sin. Um, so that's sort of the uh, the personal revival, but, but the large scale things that happened. Um, and John Newton author of Amazing Grace, said when he heard George Whitfield preach, he was a prominent preacher of the Great Awakening, he experienced the great work of revival and said, never before had I such an idea and a foretaste of heaven. So something happened in the heart of John Newton, who at one time was the captain of a slave ship. It said, God, if you save me, I'll serve you. As they were going through a storm, God did save everybody on board because he was, he was a mean guy. I mean, he, he was heavy-handed, short-tempered, and he was slapping those slaves like it was going out of style. And then God saved him, and he writes, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He saw himself as a wretched sinner, and he's, and especially that he treated uh, people on the ship, um, Black people who were less than human. So, but what are some of the revivals that you could point to either in church history or in scriptures. Nineveh. Nineveh. I've heard about that one. The first one, first Nineveh, not second Nineveh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that, was, that, was, that was sparked by what? By the preaching of the word of God. Mm. Yeah. Even Pentecost, what was that sparked by? So wait, there, 
Jonah didn't go and 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 get a boy band together and start playing music. He wasn't beating the drums. He wasn't beating the drums. Now the fact he, he didn't even want to go, right? He wasn't. So. He wasn't gender. He wasn't gender affirming, and he wasn't, you know, asking people what their gender was over there and making sure that you know everyone was uh, politically correct. You know, he started talking about sin and you know bowing knee to Christ. And he uh, didn't want to go because he knew the mercy of God, mm -hmm. and that if they were to repent, yeah. you know, that, that that he would he would save them. No. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. He preaches a very short. Uh, a very short message, which I think is eight words in the English and five words uh, in the Greek. You had 40 yeah. days and Nineveh should be overthrown. Yeah, like I said, it, and I know we'll probably talk about it some more, but conversion or revival implies that the rest of society is against it. This revival is an anti-revival because it's saying in this way, we can be more and more like the world. So it's the opposite of what a revival usually is. The revival is usually saying the world is corrupt. Now we're behaving more and more like Christ. Now it's saying the church is corrupt and it needs to act more and more like the world, which is gender affirming and transgendered and bi-loving and gay marriage. And now it's saying the church needs to join in with that. And that is a revival. Because, and revival implies that that's how it was in the past. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and, and so, you know, in, in Nineveh, what you have is you have non-believers, pagans that are that have been running hard against God for since Nineveh was founded, um, you know, starting with the Tower of Babel and, and, and going outward. Since its inception, they've been looking toward paganism. And so now... God drops this prophet who doesn't even want to be there, drops him in the bucket in the middle of them. Jonah lifts up his voice. And from the greatest to the least of them, amazing, it says, and the people of Nineveh believed God. Now, now that is a huge, deep and wide um, truth because before that they didn't believe God. You know, and, and we're talking about specific revelation here, not general revelation. These people believed in paganism. They believed in wickedness and death and going around the known world, terrorizing the world. They were the ancient terrorists um, in the ancient world. And, and now they're believing God? I mean, this is like mind-blowing. Like, how could this happen? Because at that time, Israel wasn't really living like they believed in God. They were living in sin. And now God is saving a pagan people. And the people who you think would be looking to God, well, they weren't. And the people you would think would not be looking to God, well, they were. So, I mean, they put on sackcloth and ashes. And the, even the king says, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn away his fierce anger so that we may not perish. So they didn't know what was going to happen. They believed God and repentance took place. 
Well, um, the modern the modern version is they believe that God affirms what they're doing. <laughs> yes, that seems to be the modern version. Absolutely. Right, they, they believe that God affirms that it's okay for them to be transgender. Well, if he doesn't affirm, you're really on this uh transgender <laughs> pronoun topic today, aren't you? Yeah, because, because yeah. okay, you guys, okay, the people in the the people listening and watching don't know, but before we started this. I had to did a, a a little Google search of my neighborhood to find out what churches were nearby, and one of the churches is the first Presbyterian church, and they have a a, a transgender uh, pastor and some other person who's queer, and I got caught up in this, and now I I, I like you know I'm, I'm I'm a little you know I don't know what to do, so it's it's kind of in my mind, Nick. Yes, you got me. You call me out, <laughs> and you know. And, you know, now now I've been tasked to go and, and try to get them on this uh, podcast. And I'm a little, you know, I, I'm a out of my element. So I just, yes, yes. That's all I'm thinking about right now. And uh, now we're doing a, a podcast about the Asbury Revival, which is all about this stuff. So, yes. Well, I'm down to go over there. So I don't have to be on a podcast. <laughs> Let me know how it goes, brother. <laughs> what about you, bro? <laughs> Too, too close to home. Too you're driving. Home. And you're going to bring those shiny headphones with us, man. Um, well, what Christ come to do? Christ came to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So, but Nick, besides Nineveh, we mentioned Pentecost. Um, Peter just lays a scathing charge on the people that he's speaking to. Yeah, it's not uh, even like a like a goody, you know, a good feeling message, huh? No, it's no, the totally opposite of what's going on at, at Asbury. I mean, everything's feel good. And I, I just don't hear about repentance. I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen enough footage, but I don't hear about repentance. I see people casting out demons, talking in tongues, acting, you know, out of pocket, if you will. And I don't know. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and here in Pentecost, I mean, he just lays, he lays down the hammer on them and, and Peter stands up, he lifts up his voice and he says, men of Israel, Jesus, a man attested you by God with mighty wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan of God, foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So, I mean, he lays this, he preaches. I mean, that's what preachers are supposed to do. Um, by the way, I think I heard Steve Lawson say, you know what a fire and brimstone preacher is? A biblical preacher. <laughs> a Bible preacher. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we can't shy away from, uh, from these such things. And then eventually these men are cut to the heart, but which is the picture of a butcher knife going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And uh, after he lays, lays the charge to them, and they said, you know, brothers, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is promised to you and your children who are far off. Everyone who calls, uh, uh, I'm sorry, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And so this, this whole focus, I mean, Jesus preaches and got 3,000 souls. Um, in, in Nineveh, it was perhaps up to 600,000 souls. So the, these are, Nineveh is the largest revival in all of history from, from a man that initially didn't even want to go. 
Peter, just days before, he he denies he even knew the Lord. And now he's preaching as bold as a lion, where before he was as timid as a kitty cat, before that girl who said, oh, you know, I, I know you, you, you were with Jesus. No, not me. And he's cursing his head off, denying every accusation she's making. And now as bold as a lion, he belts out the gospel and 3,000 get saved. And then if you remember... Uh, Nick, are you, Glenroy, are you guys very well versed on the Great Awakening that took place? Nick, is he's a Puritan, Puritan Puerto Rican Puritan. <laughs> not, not, not brushed up on it. Okay. I know, I know that the first one, you have George Whitfield and you got Jonathan Edwards, but then the second one, it's not so good. You got yeah. Charles Finney. And, yeah. And, you know, nothing. I don't see anything much good coming from Charles Finney, except that what we're seeing in the in the so-called revival here today is kind of a fruit of his teaching. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And so um, concerning the, the Great Awakening, God mightily used Whitfield during the first Great Awakening as he thundered the word of God in the open field. Many souls uh, were coming to Christ. Um, and But again, Jonah saw uh, an awakening on a scale that Whitfield could only perhaps dream about. And so um, there is a real move of God that takes place. And it's, but you notice the consistency. You have preaching and repentance preaching and repentance and no doubt that prayer is is in there because people when they repent they call to god in prayer and repent of their sins you think and what's they, going on over there bears the resemblance of the prophets of baal <laughs> yeah and again it you know this this something may be happening so to speak on a small scale but i i just i i don't see that somebody can call this a revival i don't even know if you whatever uh, to change the language up of calling it an outpouring um it just doesn't it it doesn't seem to uh have the characteristics that we see in scripture and just to run back to where it said in psalm 51 where david after he repented well real real quick pastor uh sure. pastor phil sorry so I, I just like so what do you think um do you do you think like thinking about pentecost and what happened there and then there was a dispersion um, <clears throat> where the Christians got persecuted. They were dispersed. I'm just thinking, like, um, do you think that a revival should have hands and feet? Where, where you know, this you're awakened by the word of the Lord. Um, you come to repentance and faith, and and um. Now you you go out and proclaim that gospel. I mean, you set you set me up quite beautifully. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but that was much oh, appreciated. No, no? I, didn't it, I didn't do it on purpose. No, <laughs> I never read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. So we have to get out of the salt shaker into the world. Jonah went into a dark place and he shined 
Jesus stood before the, the darkness of 3,000 souls and he shined. It happened in the times of Whitfield. Um, and so those um, from a Pentecostal background would say, you know, that all these strange things must be happening. But I think those uh, from uh, a, a reform background that are looking specifically at what took place would say preaching, prayer, repentance, and then you go out and you bring the word of God to those that are lost and you may be persecuted for your faith. I just don't, I just don't see that order happening. Am I wrong? Where am I wrong, Glenn? It's not a revival. <laughs> not a revival. <laughs> the Asbury thing is not a revival. Stop throwing stones, Glenn. <laughs> I mean, I could throw a pebble and break the whole house down. I mean. So where's the exposition, the exposition of scripture? Where's the expository preaching? You know, but and these things always seem to have so music after music after music. And and these songs, these 7-Eleven songs Come that just keep going are. on. Oh, you're going to Billy Graham, huh? <laughs> so again, maybe some students have been saved individually. There was re repentance, confession, loving Christ, um, and supposed exorcisms. But I mean, there's so much of this, you know, much Arminian theology that's, you know, that's, that's there. And again, you have these, these alphabet music leaders. And so, um, Hey, are you talking about Apple? No, no. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. oh you mean LGBTQA plus plus C B A B F. Gotcha. Yeah. So tell me what you think about this. Revival is a fuller giving and pouring out of God's spirit upon a people. Thomas Kuhler wrote, Several copious showers of heavenly blessings have descended when we were not expecting them. And Steve Lawson said, it's bringing back to life that which has become dormant. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, people are aware of the presence, the presidency, the presidency of the Holy Spirit over everything and the life of the whole community. All classes are affected by it. The people of all ages, people of all temperaments, People of all intellectual types. There's hope for us, brothers. And Jonathan Edwards said, it is nothing but the immediate result of an uncommon attention on the part of a church congregation to the truth of God, particularly to the great truths which disclose the worth of the soul and the only way in which it can be saved. And you forgot about the, the, the great theologian Glenroy Clark who said, this isn't a revival. <laughs> Nick also co-signed that. He can't, oh, you co-signed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you say it any better than that, Nick? Come on, man. I don't trust it. I'm from New York. I don't trust nothing. <laughs> you don't trust nothing. New, New York. New York. He's a New Yorker. Don't so, <laughs> yeah. Christ. Well, I, I the, also don't trust anything. I think the Asbury I think the Asbury revival and the Metro car to get me on the train. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the revival in Nineveh was what was truly a saving revival. And no, and no one could doubt that. Um, and it, it was definitely a sobering revival because there was a deep seated sorrow and repentance for sin. Second Corinthians 
7.10, godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, where worldly grief produces death. So, so, I mean, they were the real deal. And Jesus affirmed that what happened in Nineveh was the, you know, was from the spirit of God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course it was a sweeping revival. I mean, it was far reaching. It, it wasn't like confined, if you will. Right. So it seems like this, this place has had what eight, eight outpourings of revivals. And it, it always seems to be in the same place. Um, I believe it was John MacArthur who said this thing was planned. Yeah, why can't, why, why can't we have a Zoom revival? What was planned? This revival yeah. was planned. Yeah, but not, not oh, I'm not Spirit. surprised. I mean, the they got they got the movie that just came out. They got the anniversary of the Jesus Revolution in the same month, right? So, why, why, I mean, well, why can't we do a Zoom revival? Like, let's just let's get Zoom, get like a million people on here, and we just have a I revival, like. Well, who? <laughs> he said he hates Zoom. I hate Zoom. I I, 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 I hate to pop your buzzer here, but we, you know, we've been on it before. But okay. Um, um, no, I, I. You got it, brother. No, you did. I agree with Nick. It and and Phil. It's planned. Planned. Yeah. You think like uh, you you know uh, Fidel Castro. He was not uh, personally. He was a uh, he was a. Uh, he practiced Santeria. Yep. And in one of his speeches, I think just before he came into power or something like that, he was saying a speech and a dove landed on him. Oh. Mm. And um, it had some type of significance in Santeria. Uh, and that kind of like was used to sway the people and then come to find out that that whole thing was set up. You know, it was all set up to 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 get the people on board with him and and what he was doing. Because you know, you I would have, I would, I would have thought the dove going on his head made the made the, would make would, the significance would be that dove thought he was a toilet. <laughs> they, they well, maybe nobody the nobody caught the nobody caught the bird seat on his shoulder, Nick. Right? right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think no, but I agree with you, Nick. I think stuff like one one the fact that it's planned, and one the thing is we are gullible, so. Things like that, people ascribe all kind of things to, but literally when the word of God says specifically man shall lie with man, that is like parsed and, and, and they come there and they tell you how it's not saying what it's supposed to say, but a dove falling on his shoulder represents that we should, you know, turn our whole lives over to this man who killed so many people. It, it, it's like, you know, we're sheep, we're sheep. And that's another truth in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the revival in Nineveh was a sanctifying revival. I mean, it reached all the way to the king um, who said, let them call mightily to God. Let everyone turn away from his evil and from the violence that is in his hands. Um, and then Jonah said, all right, um, everybody bow your heads, raise your hand, repeat after me. Oh, no, that didn't happen. He didn't lead them in a sinner's prayer. How did they know what to do? Wait, how did they know what to do? Without a sinner's prayer, I'm lost. Help me, guys. How do they know what to say? YouTube. So I learned how to do stuff. <laughs> they didn't have YouTube. Nick, how did the Ninevites know what to do if Jonah didn't lead him into sinner's prayer? <laughs> I think it's just natural. Anyway, oh. the, the, the back, right, back. I disagree with Nick. It wasn't natural. It was supernatural. 
That's a that's that's, that's what super, Nick meant, I'm sure. But supernatural, you can't get any more natural than supernatural. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I like once again. Well, you know, my, you know what's funny. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good, brother. You're good. Yeah. You know what's funny is that like all of this is like people are jumping on because they're looking for a sign, they're looking for a feeling, they're looking for an experience, you know. And then we got Christ, you know. It says in Matthew 16, right? It says the Pharisees and Sadducees came up and testing Jesus. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he replied to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And the sign will not be given it except the sign of Jonah. Right? Except mm. the sign of Jonah. And he left them and went away. I mean, you know, like he we're seeking it. a sign and it's, and it's found in, in, in the word. Right? Not only does he point them to the word, but he points them to a, to, to, to a narrative in the word that, that, that speaks about what true revival really is. You well, know? look, I, I'm the with preaching you. Once... of the word and repentance. Yeah, I'm with you. But once again, I I'm kind of done because I to me it's just any revival or any resurgence or abounding or whatever they call it that's happening, where God, where they're claiming that God is saying, you know what, the rest of society is right, and I was mistaken, is not a revival, and that's literally what's being said here. To, 7,000, 6,000, how many years and how many years do you think we've been around of scripture and authority and what God has said and everything in the Bible is describing that what they're doing is incorrect. And now they're telling me that this revival, which is, is affirming that 0.0001% of the population is right and the rest of the population is incorrect and all that God did from Genesis on is incorrect. And now he's revealing to us how wrong he was and how right President Biden is and how right you know, all these gender affirming and all these different studies are that to me, I don't care how you want to splice. It does not make sense because it's literally going against God. So it cannot be for God. Now, if, if, if this revival was saying, Hey, what the world thinks is incorrect. And this is what God says. I would, I would be more likely to, uh, to accept that revival. Hmm. You even know, like even, even Nehemiah chapter eight, when Ezra's reading the book of the law to the people, it says, then Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord, your God, do not mourn or weep for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the Lord. Then he said to them, go eat of the fat, drink and, and of the sweet and send portions to him who has nothing prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's like you're hearing the word, right? Don't become emotional. You know, the, 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 the Lord is your strength and go out and do good works. You know, it's like, what's everybody doing at the revival? Everybody's flocking over there, right? It's an attraction. Everybody's flocking over there to get a, a, an experience of the feeling of whatever. You know, it's just to me, you know, may, maybe people will get saved out of that. But when is it going to start spilling out to the rest of the nation? Uh, 
with people proclaiming the gospel as we're called to do. Yeah. I mean, in the scriptures, when they found the book of the law, um, I think it was Jos uh, King Josiah found the book of the law. Um, and I mean, he tore his clothes and, and, and he yeah. had the, the book read and people repented again. Yep. It's, it's, it's God's preached word, but there is it's no God's written word. There is no repentance. It's I can continue to do what I've been doing. And now God says, okay, that's literally what this is, revival is a continuation of what I've been doing anyway, but now it's not sinful. Right. Um, I'm we gonna, can't get I'm away gonna, from I'm going to worship my way because this is what feels right. Not right. what the word says, not, not, not that, you know, God says, worship me this way in his word. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I agree with you guys. Revival usually leads to preachers and preaching and evangelism and the spreading out. It's, that's why we started. And I said, how is it happening in one place and staying in one place? <laughs> it, 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 it's the Holy spirit is not confined to a state or, a, or a, a town. It's, Supposed this is a special college, though, but this is a real special place. <laughs> is it special, like, 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 <laughs> like special ed special? Yeah, you know, like when I came to America and I was, no, you did, you did, you did. I, 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 I want to make sure that I say you mean, right you now, meant spiritual, you meant spiritual special ed. No, yeah, so because what I'm saying is. Mr. Phil and Mr. Clark, do not affirm what Nick just said. <laughs> well, uh, I'm special ed the rapper. <laughs> so I think I think that's special K. What, <laughs> but what you notice in Nineveh is that it even says that God repented, and in another version it says God relented. So I mean, something even happened with God. Now, some people think God changed here. God didn't change. No. He changed others and he responded differently to a different people. So in, he, the reason he didn't annihilate the Ninevites was because they went from he, being his enemies to becoming his children. He's not going to annihilate his children. So God truly didn't change, but God responded to different people differently. He responds to sinners in one way. And he responds to his children in another way. And when he changes sinners to saints, they become his. And it happens because God revived deadened hearts and made them alive in Christ. So, yes, can there be some sort of um, something that happens uh, within the heart of the believer? Yes. But I think the bigger picture is there's something that happens in the heart, the dead heart of an unbeliever. And he brings, he trains it, changes that stony heart to a heart of flesh, sprinkles clean water on them. And he puts his spirit in them and nothing remains the same. So I, I think that we can safely, you know, look at this thing and say, this must be tested. This must be questioned. Even if things may be happening on an individual uh, scale it does not seem that this can be really termed as a revival as we see in Nineveh at Pentecost and the Great Awakening and so on and so forth um, 
again in um, in Jeremiah with Josiah. So should we pray for God to revive? Is it are we to pray for these things? Nick got this. I think we should pray for revival, you know, in the hearts of the, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that we uh, shouldn't skip out the local church and, and, and you know, because <clears throat> I think like this, this flocking to this place and calling it a revival is kind of like, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, if I speak in the way I talk, it's like playing the local church, the local church, you know, um, and and like, you know, what can happen within the local church? That can happen, you know. So souls can be revived, people can be revived in the local church, and and they will have pastors who can properly, uh, you know, and biblically uh, handle that, you know, and biblically guide that. Um, how it can be sent out, who, who can look over and say, you know, whether this is being emotional or biblical, you know, over here, there seems to be no order. And, and it's just kind of everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And everything for some reason is right, whichever way you choose to worship. And, and I think that, you know, if we're going to pray for revival, we have to kind of like do it under the, the the guidance and the watch the watchfulness of the local church um we could pray we, we should pray that god would grant this nation repentance um you know and that the gospel would des definitely spread that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven i mean you know jesus taught us to pray this way that his kingdom would spread and that his influence would you know would reach out to all so Can I, would you guys mind if I give uh, Luke the last word? Luke chapter 10, verse two and three. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Then he tells them, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Pray for laborers and then go be a laborer such as you prayed for. We have to get out of the salt shaker into the world. Out of the matchbook, light up, be that candle. You don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel. That's not the purpose for a lamp. It's to shine. And so we need to go into the world and reach people for Christ and that God would revive one heart at a time. Amen. Well, let me call your attention to some of our prayer needs. Uh, please pray for Brother Nick. Um, there's been a struggle with his heart, uh, not a spiritual heart, but his physical heart. Uh, keep him in prayer. And if you would like to help Nick out financially, um, because he's not been able to work for such a time as this, not because he's lazy, not because he's a bum, <laughs> but um, because he's not able to go to work for such a time as this, but yet his financial needs. Um, several saints have blessed him. 
Thank you for those that have. He's very grateful for that. But if there's others who would like to continue in that blessing, um, you could uh, send it through Soul Fishing Ministries and you could still get your tax deduction and Nick will be greatly blessed by that and for that. Um, also continue to pray for our outreaches as we go uh, to the streets here in New York City, as well as to our local abortion clinic. I mean, there's a revival that's needed there big time. And please consider partnering um, with us, becoming a fishing partner for the 2023 uh, year. Um, if God has burdened you to hold the rope as we venture into the gold mine of saints, um, into the gold mine of sinners, uh, we need saints to hold the rope as we go out to reach the loss for the glory of God. You can give a monthly donation at our website, soulfishingministries.org, and check out our shop where we keep trying to produce new shirts and merch that will help spark up witnessing conversations. Thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. Get your it. mugs. Boom. <laughs> If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax-deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.